believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I've been off for been I, I took a little hiatus for a few weeks, and I, hey, it's nothing like being on the radio, and especially when I'm going to bring my local person in that comes on anytime he can. Mr. Eddie Rye is going to give us an update. I haven't talked to you since the uh, Monday before the uh, event, uh, before August 28th. So hello, Mr. Rye. How you be? Oh. Hello, Reverend Harry. And August 28th is, like we said, was the most significant August 28th since and August 28th, 1963, when uh, that march led to the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Voting Rights Act of 65. 58 years later, we find ourselves in the same struggle <laughs> for justice, equality, and the right to participate in a democratic process in America. But anytime we have half the country or 40% of the country trying to say that uh, the insurrectionists of January 6th were patriots and they were there just taking a tour. So uh, just don't believe what your lying eyes sh uh, showed you. So we, ha we have a very difficult situation in this country today because some uh, crimes and some atrocities are overlooked and are minimized. And, uh, but I'm just happy to say that uh, we do have some people that are fairly reasonable in charge right now and uh, hopefully uh, uh, this uh, commitment that uh, the Democrats claim they have to our, the people that put uh, Joe Biden in office, uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved, hopefully uh, we will finally get a break. Uh, we know that if the, if the Republicans take over in 2022, uh, we gonna have hell to pay because uh, we know exactly what their tendencies are we know they have a history of embracing white supremacists. We know that uh, the former president who was trying to be president again uh, has embraced white supremacists. As a matter of fact, you recall in Charlottesville, we said there were good people on both sides. And we were talking about, talking about neo-Nazis, talking about Jews will not replace us. And uh, you got somebody like Stephen Miller, the architect of the anti-immigration uh, network that he put together for Donald Trump is a Jew himself. So it's amazing how people like Denise D'Souza and uh, uh, Stephen Miller think that white supremacy will ever admit them to the club. It just won't happen. Denise D'Souza, you're from India, you got a brown face. Uh, white supremacy will never accept you. Stephen Miller, you're a Jew. White supremacy will never accept you. So no matter how hard you try to be and drop kicking black folks, you will never be able to get into white supremacy ball game. So I just wanted to let them know that. Well, I think the other thing, too, is that the Democrats don't know how to fight. And we need to understand, unless they get some little, uh, put a little bit more oomph into them, uh, uh, you know, we might find ourselves in a precarious place in, 19, uh, in 2022. I mean, because they just don't have it. They should be having, uh, uh, um, Stacey M A uh, Abrams should be in every state right now, being cloned to be able to talk about democracy, what it's like and what we need, what the fight is to save it. They, the Democrats want to have the big tent government. Big tent not going to work right now. The first thing on the agenda ought to be the Voting Rights Act and get the voting rights fixed, then do other things. And they don't understand the urgency of voting because a lot of them voted all their lives or didn't vote. And so the urgency is voting and nobody but people who look like us understand that. 
And that's exactly why we have to take the lead, Reverend Harriet. We can't wait for anybody else. We know what's needed. So it's up to us, you, I, and others that would think alike to go ahead and take the lead. Uh, yeah, but we've been in this fight, though. This is a psychological warfare, uh, warfare that's been going on for 158 years. And now people coming out really wait, waking up to understand, oh, we thought we had fixed this. No, the war went on. The war went on. They, the Johnson signed a few bills for us, great bills. But what happened? The Southern strategy came along. Re uh, uh, Reagan came along to help them that's along right. the way. And then it took 40 years to get the other guy in. We're not even calling his name or numbers anymore. It took 40 years, but they never gave up on the other side of the equation of some, uh, you know, we was thinking, oh, yeah, well, you know, things are going to change. These people never gave up the fight. And that's why we're 40 years behind on this. And that's why we need to wake up, wake up quickly. And I'm here to talk. I'm here to talk about uh, voting and how important it is, because if it wasn't so important, why have Texas and all of these states made all of these laws to keep black people and poor white people from voting? It was not important. I mean, that right there should wake us up. Why are they going to all the extra trouble to, to say you can't even give an old lady a glass of water in the line? Okay. <laughs> so, an old well, lady. Me and you yeah. wouldn't get no water in, uh, in Georgia. That's right. We'd get arrested. <laughs> and no our water. grandchildren would get arrested for giving us a cup of water. Like that's where we are today. <laughs> yeah, that's a sad commentary for supposedly the pillar of democracy. And we know that uh, that pillar has been chopped at and hacked at for quite a while, uh, especially with this outwardly support of the last president for white supremacy. But once again, we also have to get our folks engaged. I mean, yes. you can't, we can't take anything for granted. We cannot. I mean, we can't we let have the to... rappers speak for us. We can't let nobody, no rappers go somewhere. They are already billionaires, and so they are already in a different club. Once you get to be a past a millionaire into a billionaire, you are already in a different club. Okay, how can they speak for us? We have to understand that people who made it at that level, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they can't speak for us. I mean, really and truly, we have to continue to be with the grassroots people and the people who still understand the struggle. They're not struggling for nothing. They can buy them a $500 stake if they wanted to. I don't even know if they have $500 stakes. Do you know, Mr. Rye? <laughs> Do I, I don't walk in the cotton that high, Reverend Mary. So I wouldn't, know anything. I wouldn't know anything about that. But what I am doing, though, is I, I'm going to continue to work with uh, the NAACP because uh, one voting rights is one of their uh, priority items and voter registration. So that's one group I work with. And then also uh, encouraging, uh, especially members of the, of the clergy, uh, to use every opportunity they have, because as long as you don't endorse a candidate or a party, you can talk about voter registration and the history of what, what black folks had to endure in this country just to get the right to vote. And well, I the think black we church can... need to recommit itself to be in the church that it once was. The black church all over America need to recommit that they're really going to stand on the side of justice and the side on the civil rights. And uh, I mean, really and truly, that there's some work to do. And I hope that they can continue to try to do that work, not only locally, but uh, but in the whole in, across America. I mean, I, I, because the black church voice is really needed, like you're talking about, it's needed out there, to, you know, for the clerical call, not only for uh, for character, but also about voting. No, that's that, that, that's 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 really a key. Uh, I think the other thing we got to look at too, in in terms of the black community, is economic development and economic justice. Uh, we really have to look at that. There's a lot of programs they claim that's for the black community with the Black Lives Matter. They're <laughs> going to put money here and put money there. 
And uh, I'm still waiting to see uh, where the money is landing. I understand I'll be interviewing a gentleman. Uh, his name is Kevin Young. He's uh, the owner of Mad Construction. And he's doing a joint venture with Absher Construction to uh, build a facility for Africatown on 23rd and yesterday, I guess at the firehouse uh, for a youth program. And I don't know all the intricacies, but uh, Kevin Young is going to be a joint venture partner with Absher Construction uh, for that task. So uh, anytime we have a person participating at a level, doing something for the black community, that's something that's worthy that, you know, we need to talk about. So that, that we'll definitely be doing that as well. Well, you know, how are we going to beat Washington State up to get the money that we should have always been getting? I mean, all this money that came in here on Title 10 and all the other places where we still could have good, still could have had jobs. Have it, yeah. you know? I mean, just because affirmative action has so-called died in the state of Washington, it was not dead on all the other federal amount of money that was coming into the state that they denied us. Even the, even the uh, uh, even when Gregoire was there and they sent out the, the uh, stimulus money, a lot of that stimulus money that they sent out, they sent to small counties that did not impact King County or Pierce County or even over Spokane. I mean, that and there's always a and she, she was a Democrat. I mean, it's all Democrats are not good for us. So we have to tell the truth on that, too. So, yeah. <laughs> well, no, we haven't had affirmative action in this state. And the person that killed affirmative action wasn't I-200. It was the governor's executive directive 98-01 issued after I-200 passed by Governor Gary Locke. That's what killed affirmative action. And we've been trying. I've been working with. Uh, and he was a Democrat, too. There, there you go. But I was working. Was I've been working with. With Lyle Quasim from Pierce County, uh, Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective, uh, with Bob Armstead, uh, Attorney uh, Kamara uh, uh, Hawkins, Hawkins Law Group out of Federal Way, and Jesse Weinberry, to try to get the governor to uh, rescind Executive uh, Executive uh, Governor's Directive 98-01. That would send a signal to everybody in state government but, that but, hey, the what, governor but supports the What's taking Jay Inslee so long to do this? I mean, really and truly, what's taking him so long to do this? I mean, he was jumping when Black, Black Lives Matter. I mean, do we need to just go just camp around his house, you know? I mean, to take a page out of the Proud Boys with no weapons, just to camp around his house. What does it need now? What does this governor need? He's a three-term governor, you know? He can't run no more. So really and truly. Here's where we are. Uh, we've been meeting with uh, Rochelle Davis uh, out of his office, the policy director, about rescinding 98-01. We've asked him to uh, sign an executive order restoring affirmative action, but they've selected to send it out to all these agencies and have input from them. But the other thing is, is that discrimination is illegal on the federal level. And we have disparity studies that prove that businesses owned by African descendants of the United States enslaved have been discriminated against. And so run out there's of been business. A, and, and also been, ran out of business. Targeted and ran out. Now, the other thing is that now <laughs> we have Chris, uh, attorney, uh, Assistant Attorney General Christine Clark, who is over the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Justice Department, and it's been recommended by some members of the Black Caucus, especially including a member of the House Judiciary Committee. I won't call Congressman Hank Johnson's name out of DeKalb, Georgia, but he's saying that Send me a copy of those studies, and he and uh, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland are both on the House Transportation Infrastructure Committee. So they get a chance now to oversee all the money that's coming to this state. And if it's as bad as people say it is, and if they do take the action they say they can take, now a lot of money might not be coming here based upon 
the discrimination of the past and the continuing discrimination against African descendants of the United States enslaved. We have seven or eight studies that show the same thing. We have been left out. And as long as we don't have direct We've access to We've been left out and they bring other people to put in the line in front of us. That's the other thing about Washington State. It wants to be an immigrant welcoming state. So the more people that they welcome, bless their heart, the less that, uh, you know, and then they just move us on out the way. So so we're, uh, so we have to continue to talk about this. I'm so glad you're doing this work back in D.C. and working with the Black Caucus because they got power now. They need to use it. I mean, they need to use all the power that, because they have it. See, yeah. As a matter of fact, this morning we had Congressman Greg Meeks out of New York chairing the Foreign Relations Committee talking about Afghanistan. So we got Maxine Waters here at the House Financial Services Committee. Congressman Benny Thompson out of Mississippi chair the uh, Homeland Security Committee. Bobby Scott out of Virginia chairs uh, the uh, House Education and Labor Committee. So we do have some folks back there that can make a difference. And I just hope everybody heard and get busy for 2022. Because I'll tell you what really, really. And, and also uh, be out there in that district uh, trying to help organize people to vote. And then, you know, come up with uh, uh, passing the Voters' Rights Act again. I mean, uh, with the John Lewis uh, voting rights uh, uh, for Congress uh, now. And, and that's what's necessary. Well, I want to thank you, Mr. Rye, uh, for coming on, uh, giving us an update. Always good to see you. Uh, you know, that's one thing. We're not in the studio, but we can still see one another on Zoom. So anyway, and I enjoyed your, uh, your organizing the other day on, on the 58th anniversary. I mean, because uh, that's always dear to my heart because I graduated 100 years and, uh, after, uh, after slavery uh, in 1963. So anyway, uh, 1963 is paramount in my life because uh, I graduated from Prunes High School. So thank you for continuing with that work. Appreciate you, Mr. Thank, Wright. Thank you very much, Reverend Harry. We appreciate you All right. too. All right. Continue to have a great day, you and your lovely family. All right. Okay, thank you. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. and we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, I woke up this morning with my mind set on freedom. Oh, I this morning with my mind stayed on freedom I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom You pledged your life to serve to make our country stronger safer, more free more equal You worked tirelessly made sacrifices, missed first steps and birthdays, lost loved ones. At VA, we don't see the setbacks endured. We see lessons applied and passion driving you upward and forward. We don't see all the masks you wear, but we hope you can set some aside. We embrace your uniqueness and won't trivialize your past, your fears, or your hardships. We can't promise to heal all wounds or wash away all trauma, but we do see hope, a path forward, a future. We see all veterans. We see you, an opportunity to help you achieve a new mission, whatever that may be. Learn how treatment works and recovery is possible. Visit maketheconnection.net. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance. 
where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Norm with your health tip of the day from the African American Wellness Project. While coronavirus infections could go down over the next few months, we're still headed into flu season. Millions of Americans will be affected by the flu. But the good news is that we do have a safe and effective vaccine. But sadly, too many people go unvaccinated, especially African-Americans. For more about flu vaccine, talk to your doctor or visit aawellnessproject.org. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I just absolutely love that song. When you wake up every morning, you wake up with freedom on your mind. You just wake up ready to go. Uh, my next guest, her name is, I, I actually, she's a good friend of mine. Her name is uh, Melanie I, I, uh, Mitchell. Uh, and I want to welcome her. Uh, she'll be coming on in just a few minutes. But before that, I just want to say a big shout out to the city of Seattle. Uh, they are sponsoring Mother's uh, Justice Show for the next, uh, actually, to the end of the year. And I want to thank them for that. And also, I'm waiting to get their information exactly how they want to have, a, uh, you know, their ad and all of that. But in the meantime, I want to say thank you to the city of Seattle. I, I, and I actually, I saw this sponsorship is about uh, Seattle and the gun violence prevention. I mean, as we know, Violence has escalated in the city of Seattle, but not only in, us, in Seattle, it's across the world, across the country. There's, there's a, uh, like, like a new rage going on here. People are just upset and the least little thing is going on. And so as of today, over 81 people have been killed in Seattle since last year up here. Uh, that, that 81 was a July total and it's been some shooting since then. We are committed to, uh, to peace. We are committed to finding an answer and uh, we'll be coordinating with the city uh, to bring on uh, public health uh, uh, leaders and public health, public safety uh, uh, experts on gun violence uh, to appear on our show. We're just really happy to be doing that. And some of our segments will be dedicated to improving dialogue around community safe, safety efforts and policing in C uh, Seattle. And we know that today the city, uh, uh, Representative uh, uh, Councilmember Peter Peterson was putting uh, in the budget today asked to reserve the money in the police budget so that uh, they could hire re hire officers uh, to uh, actually Seattle didn't have enough officers right now to uh, hire office officers new officers uh, uh, and also uh, detectives uh, and uh, we know right now what is happening in Seattle with crime escalating. It's not enough for our officers, even for the calls. And when people wanted to defund the police department last year, they didn't think about the other downside of what not having enough police officers would do. And also, if Seattle had a major event today, a major event, I mean, whether it's a big, 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 you know, a lot of a bridge falling down or whatever, and you need to have a lot of police officers, Seattle would have to call in mutual aid because you really don't have enough officers to in the city for almost 800,000. So anyway, we're going to appreciate the city of Seattle and we'd be real proud to be part of their violence reduction program. 
uh, to be able to talk about it on the radio and to have uh, some ads on about it uh, on the Mother's Justice Show. So a uh, big shout out to the city of Seattle and the Mayor, Mayor uh, Jenna Durkin's office and all the people every day who's doing their best to uh, stop violence in the community. And also the COVID vaccine is available everywhere in Seattle. I mean, Seattle's done a good job on that. And for all the people who want the vaccine, they'll even come to your house in Seattle if you don't want to be out in the public. So there's lots of ways to get it. And you have the people who on the other side say, never, not me, but also for the people who want it, it's available. I want to thank you again for the city of Seattle and uh, supporting uh, Mother's Justice Show. I want to bring on my guests now. How are you doing, Melanie? Doing good. How are you? Oh, Pleasure I'm, to I'm, be I'm, here. I'm, I'm excellent today. I've been off for, I had, been, I had a little a hiatus. I took a little time off and I love being on the radio. So my energy now is like, oh yeah, you know, I love doing radio. You know, I'm not as good as my children, but uh, <laughs> I love radio. So anyway, yes. I wanted to I talked to you uh, last night because today my uh, my schoolmate from Sanford, Florida was going to be on uh, talking about uh, COVID, what is happening in Florida, but it's in the news. It's pretty horrible. But that's uh, when she made the appointment to come on with me. She didn't have a calendar with her. And, and so she's doing something in Goldsboro in the little part of Sanford that, I'm, that we all grew up in. So I said, well, and, and you know, I, I didn't get in a tizzy. Sometimes you can just get yourself all worked up. And I just, you know, I can say this. I just put it out to the universe and say, what divine mind? Uh, you know, I don't, uh, and uh, my guests can't come on and I need another guest tomorrow. Uh, and uh, my show would shift from what I was talking about. And uh, you called. And so I said, <laughs> oh, the divine mind is quick. Okay. I said, so, uh, so uh, thinking and talking with you last night, I said, well, let's do something different because my show can be anything I want it to be. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's esoteric, sometimes it's very spiritual. And a lot of times it's about police issues. Most of the time out of 52 weeks, we were talking about uh, issues around justice and safety and policing. And, uh, and you heard Mr. Rye on before talk about national issues around black people and voting and stuff like that. So in those other times, uh, last year I did a whole show on on the breath and breathing and yeah. uh, and what happens to the breath and how many, you know, I mean, I did about that because when COVID first came, I mean, around, it is, it is meta metaphorically, it is something to do with the lungs and breath. It is, it and is. And we know that breath uh, is life. And we know that when breath ceases, life as we know it, ends in the body. So uh, so we know that there, there's a connection between breathing in and out and uh, uh, and also being locked down. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, there's two things that's going on. And so if we look at this metaphysically, then, uh, uh, you know, there's a, there's something that's saying, oh, I think humanity, whether no matter where it's come from, we, we uh -huh. don't, there's different realities on where it comes from, you know? Yes. And uh, and so don't matter. It's here right now. It uh, is. Uh, and, and and Issa don't think it isn't gonna go away. I don't That's care what right. they do. Issa Issa uh, ain't done. Isn't yet. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. you you Issa, you still here? But That's in the right. meantime, um, there are some tools. There are things that um, we can do spiritually. And uh, the reason why I wanted to talk to you because um, I've been talking to people in my circle and my circle, yes. I have many circles, but I'm talking to people in my praying circle. Yes. And wondering where are the believers today? 
Yeah. You know, where are the believers? I mean, you know, I mean, I know uh, in that New Age, New Thought community uh, where I've been camped at since 79 and, you know, with my, my Reverend Michael and started Unity and uh, Church of Religious Science. And, you know, now I, I come to Unity and now I also include uh, Tower Memorial Spiritual Church. Uh, yes. uh, is that I come there also. But where, and I'm saying, you know, I mean, I know Black people know how to pray our way through this. Yes. I know that. I mean, they yes. were praying on January, uh, they were praying on December 31st, 1862, yes. waiting for freedom. Mm -hmm. They were waiting for Lincoln to sign. And I know we have a his I know we have a history of prayer. Yes. I know that. That's and, right. Uh, 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 and I'm saying uh, maybe I'm just not in the right circles. Or, uh, and I want to just talk a little yes. bit about prayer. Uh, uh, and uh, you come from a praying family. Uh, I do. Uh, you know, you had some evangelists and some praying folks up <laughs> in your camp. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. And, yeah. Well, I have to say, for one, um, Thank you so much, Harriet, for having me here. And, You're um, you know, I think one of the main things is, is that prayer is, I think it's one of the sacred keys to resilience because it's one of those things that we, we sometimes forget. You know, I had this one years and years ago, there was, there was so much going on with the military at the time. And, you know, I had friends that were in it and there were, you know, deaths and all sorts were going on. And I remember to pray through for the highest, truest, best. Are you still there? And then, yeah. um, and then, oh yeah. And then I had one of the soldiers, he wrote to me, he said, you know, well, Melanie, how can prayer, you know, how do, how does prayer, how is prayer active? You know, how does prayer physically help someone? And I said, well, you know, the gift of, of prayer is, is that the unspoken, it's the part where we are surrendering those things that we, you know, we as humans, because we're constantly trying to figure out everything, we're surrendering this to uh, that of the infinite, we're surrendering to that of Okay, looks like Melanie is having a little problem, so we'll bring her back on in just a few minutes here. Uh, in the meantime, I'll just continue talking about prayer. Or not. I, I mean, uh, we, we, still we, oh, okay, yeah, all right. So you okay. so, yeah. Yes. I was, I was just, okay. you know, the show goes so on. So I, <laughs> so I know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I went, but um, <laughs> here I am again. Yeah, I was just saying, saying briefly about that prayer thing is that, you know, um, I had during this military thing that was happening years ago, uh, one of the soldiers was saying to me, you know, well, how is prayer active? Because he lost his faith. He's, he lost his belief, um, you know, going through things in such a physical way. And I just told him, I said, you know, this, when we surrender, there are times when we, we surrender those things that we can't figure out. That's when the magic happens. That's yes. when the miracles happen. That's when our connectedness with the divine nature and forces that are with us come together. Because a lot of times, you know, just being human, we can get in our own way with our thoughts. And I told him, I said, you know, the one thing that prayer has, has been for me, because it's one of my key medicines, it's one of my key medicines, um, 
is it re it restores and replenishes my hope. And um, that was something that was really helpful to him. Um, and I think like right now, given uh, COVID and given, you know, the pandemic, uh, there's so many thought forms out there. There's so many thoughts. And we are in this place where we're just grappling with ourselves. We're in our, in our houses, we're in our spaces, grappling with all sorts of change, grappling with all sorts of stuff that that communication with spirit or God or whoever we believe is cre creator is a very um, important place to be. Um, and it's an important thing to start building on. Uh, because if we start building that that communication, our prayers become stronger. And the more that we, you know, sit and pray for ourselves, we are also reminded to pray for all the people that are going through the same thing we're going through. We right. just create this incredible ripple effect of healing. And those prayers be touching all sorts of people. Like I can pray for my family. I can pray for everything. And next thing you know, my family's calling me saying, thank you. Thank you. I'm like, thank you for what? Oh, you know, something happened. I'm like, oh, how did you know that I was pregnant? Oh, I just know that it was you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, there's so much gift in being able to, to pray. And in and prayer, whatever that definition is for anybody, whether it's you just having that divine conversation are you surrendering something? It is a, it's a deep and beautiful medicine. And it also uh, just helps us, especially right now, because we're going through a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah. Well, I, I'll yeah. agree. I'll agree that it is one of the best medicines out there. And, and it, I go there first instead of last. It is my first thing to do. Yes. Uh, is to pray uh, and to have a space in your head and your subconscious mind that you're always yes. praying. And uh, and one way to do that is to say thank you all the time, or just oh, give a blessing, yeah. you know. And uh, and so you know, it, it's like um, I know that a lot of uh, places and a lot of people are, are still grieving. I mean, I know in Flint, Michigan, last year, the Church of Religious, uh, the Church of God in Christ, in, uh, up there in Flint, Michigan. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of the elders, a lot of the pastors in that congregation. I mean, in that uh, 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 denomination moved on to the other plane of existence. Some whole families have moved on. Wow. And so a lot of prominent black people that, you know, that, that was uh, evangelicals, I might say, but evangelicals, mm -hmm. uh, black people was evangelical before the word was uh, yes. created. And, uh, and then the movement was, uh, you know, the assembly of assemblies of Christ kind of took it from the Zuzer. <laughs> the Zuzer ministry who was uh, evangelicals back in the twenties and thirties and forties. So, Anyway, they that movement belongs absolutely to the black people, and I maybe one day they'll take it back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, you yes. know. But I mean, praying people. I mean, praying people, and so, uh, so it, I mean, so this dialogue that I want to have today is about just uh, just your take on uh, on uh, on prayer and uh, in the black community, and uh, yes. And maybe, uh, the, the, you know, disillusionment. I mean, it might yes. not be the right word, but there is some disillusionment. Uh, not in the real hard believers. I mean, you know, I mean, hardcore right. believers, I, I, you know, they still believing. I mean, and then, I mean, you have the people who come to church on Sunday 
And then you have the hardcore believers. I mean, That's a lot right. of times people come to church on Sunday, it's just out of ritual. That's and right. then it's out of, out of tradition because, you know, I mean, I was raised in the church. Yep. And up until I fractured my ankle when I was 50, I had never missed two weeks of church in my life. Mm-hmm. My two consecutive weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of having a baby. But uh, because I was raised in the church. And uh, and the one thing about COVID, what it played on my uh, uh, emotions and mind is that I can't get up to go nowhere. One thing about getting up to right. go somewhere, if you were raised in the church, you're going to get up to go somewhere. I mean, that means mm-hmm. you're going to find something to yes. wear. You might not even eat breakfast, but right. you're going to go somewhere. Might not yes. be the place you want to go, but you're going to go somewhere. You're going. <laughs> you're going. I mean, and when I grew up, they didn't That's ask right. if you wanted to go. You just knew you were going. Now people give their children That's options right. to, opt, to opt out. Well, wasn't no opting out in my day. You going mm-hmm. or you go find another place to stay. You know, you ain't gonna do <laughs> you're not going to be the one here that's not going. And, yes. and, and so maybe, maybe in that sense, I'm not in a great um, a, met- a metropolitan area where there's a lot of African-American people going to a lot of African-American churches or yeah. now online. I mean, but one thing too about, I mean, quickly, the technology did, did just really quick there. I, I mean, a lot of the churches wide away really to Zooming, you know, and being able to uh, yeah, Zoom. And I, and I think one of my, one of my sons I talked to uh, that I was most concerned about was how did you keep the elderly population going in the churches and those in those pews? Yes. Okay, they might not be on Facebook or might not even That's have no right. grandkids or kids to come and show them, even come by on Sunday morning to come by and say, "Well, I come to put the church service on for you, Mom. Don't worry yes. about cutting it off. I'll come back." I mean, I mean, all of this extra care, mm-hmm. and I can say I'm absolutely fortunate because I have children and other people who absolutely have given me extra care. But you yes. have all the other per- people who don't have that. You know, they could be estranged from them from their children. Their children could pass on from them. You have people who've outlived yes. their children, and you have all of these things. And so, since I, my whole life work was with elderly people, how I made my income with eye care service and service in homebound people, I have a great burden for the people in that category. Although I got to be one of those. I mean, yes. when I started my business in 1987, I was quite <laughs> on the other side of that. <laughs> But I am not on that other side of that. Now, <laughs> praise God, I'm in the midst of this like a lot of other people. So Beautiful. anyway, so yeah. that's the dialogue I want to have. So anyway. Well, well, you want to know, um, this is the, the gift of the Black community is, is the knowingness of its own sacred tradition, what it means to be family, what it is it means to, you know, tell stories, what it means to really honor your ancestors, which means whether you are honoring your ancestors through your cooking, through your singing, through your prayers, through your dancing, you are sitting there and you are honoring them. And you know, it what what COVID has done, which has has been really it has been hard, you know, for 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 my elders as well as for you know many different people going through things, but. Um, the one thing that I found is to make a sacred space in your home, you know, to have, you know, a lot of times there's a prayer, people create prayer closets. I personally like to stick my prayer everywhere. I I I have an area in my kitchen, I pray. I have an area, you know, just I've created, you know, I stick a candle out. I put, you know, photos of my family, you know, people, my loved ones. Um, you know, and people that I love to be around. 
And I put my candle out there. I put my, you know, I even, you know, have my gospel music or whatever comes to mind comes up. I put that on and I just allow myself to connect to that sacred people, you know, because there have been so many times where, and right now we're really being asked, you know, just on a spiritual level to ask where church truly is inside of us. You know, what is that? You know, where, where church truly is inside of us. Mm So, you know, going within and remembering what those pews were going within and remembering where your heart was when you, where you were taken, when you were sitting in those pews, whether it's through the music, through the gospel, through ministry, you remember those things and you bring, bring that, that to your heart and, and sit in it. And that creates a sacred space that you can go to. Um, another thing is, is that, you know, the believers, you know, going back to that, that term and that feeling, you know, it goes back to when people talk about faith, you know, that capital F versus that lowercase F, you know, faith became this thing where you're only talking about Christianity, this, you know, this and that. At some point, faith becomes something that's an inward definition. Same thing with the believer, you know, the believers is that hope that we can get through, you know, that's what it is. And there is so much, I have talked to so many um, people, so many of my, my great aunt, uh, Mabel, I haven't talked to her for a while, but she's 105. When I sit there and I think about all the things that she goes through or what she's gone through, I know that she holds that church and she holds those people in her heart and she be, she's become a church. It's the same thing with, you know, all of, you know, the answers tend to be inside and what you create with those answers inside and let those exude out and so you know i don't know i think the believers are there they're stirring they're just doing their work at home when they were yeah thank you know you. Yeah. they're lighting those candles they're lighting those candles they're candles. saying those prayer they're singing they're knitting they're cooking you know they're they're um they're praying for the grandbabies their children they yes. are remembering they're bringing those yes. memories up they're mm-hmm. they're you know, calling back all those stories right. and they're looking at those pictures and they're healing the past. Well, they're healing the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and there's something that is so sweet about that, so that, you know, that. I think we sometimes forget because, you know, the church has never built, it just never had, but gathering of people has been the church. Yeah, and we are missing that right church. now. Yeah. So we're yeah. just... I agree. Yes. Let's take and a break. So right we're now. coming back into. Yeah, let's take yes. a break right now so we can. Please uh, do. Uh, yeah, we take a break right now. You listen yes. to the Mother Duster Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. We'll be right back. Remember me. Remember me. We all make promises, big and small, tested over time and distance, tried by circumstances and decisions. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to bear true faith and allegiance. To help you when you're in need. To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. To be considerate 
and caring. Courageous and strong. For better. For worse. In sickness and in health. To love and cherish. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. We are the physicians, the nurses, the hospital and health system leaders. All we ask of you is to take three simple steps proven to stop the spread of COVID. Wear a cloth face mask, maintain social distance, and wash your hands. Scientific evidence must shape our decisions, dictate our actions, and protect our health. We are not powerless. Together, we will defeat COVID. This has been a message from the American Hospital Association, the American Medical Association, and the American Nurses Association. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on air. Thank you, uh, Eric, for that song. I mean, I, I'll, I'll talk about it in just a few minutes about that song. Uh, and I want to bring my guests on. Uh, and uh, come on back, uh, Miss Melanie. How you doing? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm back. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you for coming back on with us. Because I brought that, I wanted that song to help us with our conversation. Uh, we were just... For people who are just turning in, we're talk, tuning in, we're talking about spirituality and, pan, and the pandemic. I know this is Mother's Justice show, but a lot of times we do other things on the show. And, and today we're just talking about the pandemic and spirituality and what has kept some people going. Uh, and uh, also we want to give a little, we want to give a tribute uh, uh, you know, to all the people who passed away. Is that right, Melanie? Yes, that is. That absolutely is. I mean, there, re- there really is there's so many people that are in transition, you know, and that have also passed and those relationships, they stay really close to our hearts and um, being, you know, coming from the spiritualist tradition, there's such a clear awareness that we are always connected regardless of our physical body is with us or beyond. And so being able to, to offer up just a moment of, of, of quiet, you know, uh, to connect with with those that we know are in transition, um, with those that we know um, have passed, it would be beautiful to give just a little time for them. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and also you know, so many of the spouses wasn't able to say goodbye. Right. I mean, so that's a whole nother level of grief uh, that has not been uh, handled. Uh, uh, and the one thing you mentioned about you know being a spiritualist, uh, uh, and that's may be different for most people who are Christians. Yes. Uh, uh, and and uh, there was a lot of black uh, people coming out of slavery that, that yes. went to New York, uh, that was uh, coming out of Mississippi. Uh, and they went to New York and they started a community there of people yes. who got messages from the other side. And I always like to remind people, if you saw Harriet Tubman, yeah. if you saw the movie, she had precognition. Yes. And precognition is something I think that most of our ancestors had. Yes. Because they didn't have GPS, they didn't have a text, uh, they didn't have a cell phone. Nobody was texting them and say, "Over here behind this tree, yes. I'm here." Yes. I mean, and so creative, I uh, uh, had to. Uh, they had heightened intuition. 
-hmm. And heightened intuition also brings precognition and gives you a chance to be able to see what's coming. Yes. And if you get to see what's coming, it gives you a chance to get out of the way. Yes. And uh, and I believe that our ancestors had precognition. So that's why I can actually be talking to someone that is a pastor at a spiritualist church. And I go there from time to time is because I do believe that uh, that beyond the veil, uh, communication still goes on. Yes. And so that'll be a, probably another show. Yes. But I want to <laughs> let people know that uh, it's, it's called life after life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and all of us who are open to the experience have had a loved one or maybe a friend who's passed on and all of a sudden you hear a song mm-hmm. and you say, oh my goodness, so-and-so, that, that was her favorite song. Yes. Or you might be in the kitchen and all of a sudden you smell something and you yes. smell something that could smell just like your mama cooking up something and you look mm-hmm. around and you know that your mother isn't there. That's right. But those are those are real experiences. I uh, and now more and more people are talking about them. Before people had to hide. I mean, yes. uh, you know, I mean they had to hide because people said that they was not of the, uh, you know, of the of, of the Lord, yes. uh, of, of, of Christ, or that it was something else. Uh, but um, I had an angel appear to me when I was seven years old. Told me, baby, get off the track. The train is coming, and it disappeared. Yes. I've had angels experience all of my life. And I'm just asking, you know, other people to be open for those angel experience who probably would be one of their ancestors who's passed away. And a lot of people have gone. I mean, uh, and a lot of people didn't get to say goodbye. So there's a lot of unclosed. uh, If people say they want closure. Yes. Well, you know, there's no such thing as closure on your mother and father. Okay. Mm -hmm. The people who brought you here, it's no such thing as closure. You get to be down the road with it after a while. And then it's maybe not as hurtful and you mm-hmm. get to live you get to live and uh, in that and live with them gone you get That's to live right. with them gone but yes. uh, it's no closure so uh just wanted to, so i know that you could speak a blessing to all the people who uh who loved yeah. ones has passed on yes and you want to know what's really beautiful too is it is that truth about that the relationship uh, between between that loved one, the one that you love, whether it was your husband, whether it was your wife, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, there's so many, your pets, you know, um, that have all been, you know, that have all crossed over. That relationship becomes stronger. Um, the more that you, you know, even when you think about them, even if you are in that process and, and they come to your mind and you have something that, you need to say, you know, something that you need to feel, you know, the way that I I go back and I go back and talk about prayer is the same way I go back and talk about, you know, communicating to those that that no longer in human form is there has to be a hope that even if if someone isn't isn't uh, communicating to you in the time and way in which you want to feel them, you know, when they leave this body and go to the other side, there has to be a hope and a knowing. You have to know that your love, uh, what you want to say to them, your feelings for them, um, all the things that have been created within your relationship with them, 
is 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 potent and it's strong, um, and it can maintain that con maintain your connection with them when they leave this, you know, when leave, they leave this world. So I sing, you know, I'm not going to sing here. I'm going to make sure that everybody's ears stay on. But um, <laughs> but um, you know, there was something I I whenever I would go to the church because I was you know as uh, Harriet knows I was raised you know Southern Baptist and Roman Catholic. I got a little blend of all. And I remember just sitting there in the in the pews, and sometimes when I would sing any kind of a little song, any kind of gospel, any kind of thing, I would feel my family gather around me, and I just knew it was them. I knew it was them, and you know, I know that sounds really, you know, crazy, but it also probably doesn't. I, you know, I was telling someone, I said, you know, I get so excited that we we are starting to come out of the woodwork with our awareness, with our with our gifts and with our talents as a black community, as a culture. We are we these are this is something that has been part of us since the day is long. This has not just been um, you know, our communication with those on the other side and our ancestors has been part of us. And so well, we brought that, we had that experience uh, on the continent. I mean I mean, yes. before we, before our ancestors, I, I took the religion of Christianity right. and, and Islam. Mm -hmm. uh, we had uh, a practice of always remembering our ancestors, knowing that they never went anywhere, just That's like right. the Native Americans. I mean, most indigenous yes. cultures are, I believe that, that they believed in some form of reincarnation, knowing that somebody was going to be coming back. Yes. Uh, and uh, they weren't afraid uh, of the dead or they, yes. uh, or the, uh, that's why the, Latin community, Mexican community do the uh, uh, the Day of the Dead. I'm not that's pronouncing right. it right in Spanish. Yeah. And they knew that uh, that's when they go to the cemetery and know that things are, the, the, the veil between the two worlds are very, yeah. very light. Yeah. And that uh, can travel back and forth. Well, uh, most cultures believe that. That's and right. And one time European cultures believe that too, but that's they right. got drummed out of them. <laughs> yes. As the church yes. took hold. <laughs> yes. yes. And yes. Uh, uh, and so most because you live close to the earth, you know, yes. I mean, indigenous people live close to the earth. I mean, the, the, the world was not on fire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the fish was plentiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all that. I mean, they were they were they were natural caregivers of the planet. And so yeah. um, anyway, so this is part of who we are. We just like to say we're waking up to that. That's and, right. uh, and some of our ancestors on the other side uh, are, is helping us wake up. Yes. You know, and, I mean, uh, you know, and, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say that uh, I have, I've had many experiences. That's right. Uh, and uh, many experiences in, in my life uh, and uh, with prayer. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also uh, with the, uh, you know, getting messages or, or getting energy from the other side. So, Dream. I mean, the world, yeah. the world is so vast. The, yes. the cosmos is so much more information that uh, out there that we don't know. That's right. And the more that we are open and receptive to this knowingness, the more that we can come in, the more that we can heal our bodies. And that, yes. you know, we started talking about spirituality and uh, and uh, and the pandemic. And uh, that's right. I believe that this is a time, the great awakening. That's right. This right. is a great awakening for us, uh, not only for us in the African American community, but also for us uh, uh, around the uh, around the around the world. I mean, uh, right. uh, it's, uh, you know, Afghanistan and all of these places. Because the one thing that you and I know, if we don't know yeah. anything else, we know what we know. This war and killing and violence can't get us to peace. <laughs> That's right. 
Because if it would have, we would yep. be in Nirvana by now. That's we right. All, we'd be all on our peace planet. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So, so love is the only way. I mean, yes. uh, that's the only thing that lasts. And so we want to bless all the people who've, uh, you know, uh, who passed away with love uh, in their families as they, I mean, as they find a way to grieve this and uh, uh, and get some help. I mean, it's a lot of grief counselors out there. It's a lot of people don't have to go through this time of bereavement by themselves. No, not at all. And there's so much, especially online, there's a whole, you know, there's, there's many people that are offering up uh, you know, uh, grief circles, groups, healing circles, yes, healing circles. Yes. You know, yes, messages. there's a couple of them going here in Seattle, uh, uh, with the, uh, I the, uh, uh, it was one on Friday called a homicide, uh, healing circle to family members who've experienced, uh, uh, death of a person that a loss of loved one that way. So yes. there's a lot of circles. I mean, but circles are so unique. You, I mean, they, they're yep. unique, but they're timely. They're traditional. They, they're old fashioned. They because are. <laughs> indigenous people sat around in circles. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And it create it also creates such a sacred space. But I, I yes. wanted to bring up something uh, there, Harriet, too, that for those that, you know, can't, you know, get to to some of the stuff that's online, you know, I always say just, you know, start from where you are, you know, start from where you are know that that grief, you know, every time I feel grief, I know that I'm not, I won't be experiencing that alone. Everybody has gone through some feeling like that. And so I think of, I think of allowing my heart to just keep, stay open. There is no, uh, you know, timely way that grief should be, you know, right. you're going to feel it through lifetimes and experiences. But I, you know, the thing that has been most helpful in the midst of, of, you know, loss has been realizing that there's still a connection. There's still a connection and there's still possibilities for forgiveness. You know, all sorts of things happen. I have seen, you know, just from my experience on my end, I've seen, you know, forgiveness happen, you know, years and years ago, you know, a father's going, you know, has said something that they probably shouldn't have said to their, their daughter or vice versa. And we've been holding this inside of ourselves for such a long time. But as time goes by, when we finally connect and talk, you know, to that person on the other side, and you can have that, that sacred conversation with them, wherever you are, you don't have to go to a church. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, we got okay. about, we got about one more minute. So okay. I just wanted to but, thank you uh, for coming. Yes, go ahead you. and finish your sentence there, and then I have to thank you well, for coming on the show. <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry. Well, just, you know, remember that that connection just stays with us in, and I hope that everyone continues to send their prayers and their love and, and remember all of those. Remember that we come from something precious and special. And special. Thank you so much. I want to thank you for being on the uh, Mother's Justice show. And there's justice everywhere. I mean, it's always, and we always talk about divine justice, divine healing, and today yes. it's about divine love uh, and healing. So uh, as we move through these events on the planet right now, I want to thank you, uh, Ms. Uh, Ms. Mitchell, for being on Mother's Justice show. Thank you. Uh, and I'll thank be you in contact me. with you. You're welcome. You've been listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host from Walden. I'll be back next week with a great show. Have a good week. Thank you, Eric.